0: Dementia Researcher with a blogger narrating. I'm Scottish and I speak fast, at least that's what I'm told often. I'm definitely Scottish, sure, but the fast I'm less sure about. When I'm home and in non-academic context, I'm considered slow speaking, drawling through my words like I have all the time in the world. In the academic world, I am often fast and impenetrable, with an accent that is already hard for some people to decipher. For ages, I have tried to reconcile these extremes and felt confused for a long time as to why there was such a difference for me between these different worlds. Like many, I speak faster when I'm nervous. It's something that stressed me out for years, every time I do a talk at a conference or a meeting. I even regularly have to re-record these podcasts to ensure that I can be understood because even I can hear the speed. I purposely slow down in these. This is maybe about uh, 0.6 times my usual speed. Eventually, it dawned on me during my PhD that the crux of my sometimes impenetrable speed was to do with my confidence. If you've read my recent blogs, you'll know that my PhD experience ensured that I was not left with that in spades. After my PhD, my confidence was at its lowest low, and I realised that I needed to make a change there. I figured if I could find this mysterious confidence that I was so lacking, the words would come out of my face at the speed they're supposed to, and not run away from me. However, as I'm sure you're thinking as you read this, you can't just decide to have confidence. Confidence in academia is a tricky thing and it's one that, one thing to capture it for the duration of a talk, a whole other thing to keep it within you as a permanent change. People often tell me I am lots of things that pertain to an approximation of confidence. Loud, outspoken, self-assured, once it was too comfortable and although I don't agree with that last one, I think it is maybe something we should invite more often in a career such as academia where there is a lack of comfort inherent to its structure and imposter syndrome to rampant. Despite admittedly being those things, at least in the academic world, for me that didn't equate to the accomplishment of this seemingly mythical and perpetually pedestaled confidence. With this newfound realisation, and yes, I know, I'm surprised it took me this long too, I headed to the old friend of every academic, Google. And then I became frustrated. It's not that the suggestions aren't good or helpful, they definitely are. Suggestions like limiting and removing those who are negative and competitive from our academic lives, self-reflection to identify our own issues with imposter syndrome and where we experience academic insecurity, and harvesting a culture of transparency around such issues within the lab and with senior academics actually sounds incredibly useful, although not necessarily easily achievable for many of us. No, the frustration originated from the fact that all of these suggestions I found at the time focused on strategies that encourage the building of confidence, within the very academic machine that makes us doubt ourselves. To say that sounds like an uphill challenge is an understatement, at least as far as I'm concerned. None of the thinking and self-reflection stuff has really helped me with any sort of permanence. That has always been more of a fast fix for urgent situations. The closest that got me was to the idea of thinking about doing confidence, rather than a binarised idea of having or not having it, and therefore identifying myself as someone who didn't have it. Whilst I still speak fast in moments, more often to do with the lack of enough practice on my part when I'm pressed for time. I feel as though I am now in a position where I can safely say I am confident. So how did I harvest an identity that includes inherent confidence? Well, the truth is I didn't, at least not intentionally. You may remember from a power post that I am in something of a chaos mode since I finished my PhD. I don't know how to slow down since I finished, and I dabble in various things to try and find the self that I lost doing my PhD. It turns out, when you're a dabbler, every once in a while you might hit on something that changes things for you. The single greatest thing I have done for my confidence as a whole, and that has turned, has in turn improved my academic confidence tenfold, is life modelling. Yep, that thing where you get butt naked, sit in front of a room full of people who draw every nuance of your body as you stay alarmingly still, left alone with your own thoughts. If you'd told me five years ago that this would be a thing I'd have done regularly, I would have said, Mm, not a chance there's no way why this works for me to be honest I'm not sure maybe it's subverting that thing where people during my PhD would say oh you're nervous just imagine the audience in in insert uncomfortable situation where we perceive we would be embarrassed and therefore the audience should be too here or maybe it's that no possible academic circumstance can be as exposing and nerve-wracking as life modeling particularly the first time I did it And if I can do that, then I can do anything academia throws at me. I suspect it's the second one, and there's a huge amount of power in that. I appreciate that this is, for many people reading this, the epitome of a chaos mode approach, and in no way relatable. That's okay. I'm not here to insist that this is something everyone should do. I'm not saying everyone in academia needs to find their closest life drawing group and offer to model. But what I am saying is that, just maybe, the thing we need to do for our own personal confidence improvement has absolutely nothing to do with the world in which we work and everything to do with what we do when we aren't working. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research Bloggers and share your own views.